gear up as Cash Miller and a team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the agency power show. Hello, everyone. My name is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. And today we are going to talk about how startups get their marketing going because, yeah, everybody needs marketing in some form, but startups are often the most challenged. They're brand new businesses. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to figure out how to run their business, what their products are, and then how to market this whole thing. So they are already facing so much you know it can be a lot of fun as a startup but on the flip side it's a lot of work and you sometimes lack you know certain expertise when you're trying to get going i've got with me Anne laughin of finn marketing and it's great to be you know have you here um tell us a bit about you know yourself your agency what you do because i know you've got like fractional cmo stuff on your uh on your site and you know so you get in with startups quite a bit Yes. Hi. Thank you for having me. Um, I've been running Finn Marketing Management for a little over three years now, but I've been working in marketing for over 20. Um, started working with startups maybe six or so years ago and just decided I positively loved it. loved the fast-paced piece of it, um, the variety, the ambiguity, all of that. It's a lot of fun. And um, I focus really on helping early-stage startups pull all the pieces together. So frequently I find that, to your point, there's early stage startups may be a little scattered, which I love. <laughs> it's not a fault. Uh, and so they need help bringing the pieces together. And it's it's a lot of fun. Let me ask you a question when we say early stage, because that's a term often, you know, like heard early stage. But really, what does that mean? How early are we talking? For me, it's pre-seed, seed, series A around um, which even in there could also mean a lot of things, but typically we're looking at companies that either have very no marketing help or maybe one or two people in their marketing department. Mm -hmm. So from um, not a ton of employees, probably no more than 30 at most. Okay. So smaller companies, companies that really don't usually have a defined strategy, companies that maybe even aren't even sure product market fit, maybe they don't know who their audience is yet. So it's, it's when there's a lot of gray. That's when I like to work with the, these. Okay, um, so let's go through some of the like uh, challenges they face because depending on the type of business, and what I want to do is tap into how you approach. You know, when you were you know, you would first get with a client, they're early. What kind of evaluation you're going to do because it's like depending on what the business does, different marketing channels will work and some will not. So, how do you typically go through with a company? to determine where they should be putting their marketing dollars before we've done any campaign related things or, or whatnot. How do you make that determination, get the analysis part and say, this could work, this won't, this is why. Now, what does that look like for you? Well, I actually, I actually start, uh, I, I will get to the answer to that, okay. but start with their, with their message, right? I need to see like, where are we trying to, what are we trying to say and who are we trying to say it to? Mm -hmm. So I actually start there. Because to me, that's actually the foundation. And once I know those things or we have an idea of what those things are, then I think about what channels do we need, do we belong in, right? Okay. Um, I think that when there's not product market fit or if we're questioning if there's product market fit, I need variety. 
the other piece I have to look at is budget. So let's say I have a budget constrained early stage company. I might be focusing a lot on organic social content, SEO. Uh, I might be starting their first partnership. If I can make some friends and utilize the list they already have, mm -hmm. it stretches the dollars that I have or don't have. Um, so that's probably how I would start that conversation. Okay. So you want to, you know, and budget's always going to be, you know, an issue for any kind of a startup, you know, where they can most effectively, right. effectively put their, their dollars. You know, the question I would have though, is like, what if, you know, you take a business and you say, okay, they're constrained with budget, but based on what they do, something like social is not going to be a fit or maybe at certain platforms. How do you, you know, how do you approach that? Because, you know, you can, there are certain things that are more budget friendly, but they may not work for that type of yeah. business. I think getting that data though is important. So let's use that example. Let's say like, Hey, maybe social is not the channel. Okay. Maybe we will never produce any leads at all, depending on what the goals are. Right. Okay. We haven't talked about that either, but I would always say having some drumbeat on social is real is important, but maybe not the place that we put all of our effort, time and money. So a lot of where these early stage companies, when they start, they, they don't have any data. So mm -hmm. we have to try some channels, right? I think yeah. a lot of it, I, I hate to say it's trial and error, but there is a little bit of that. We know things like email can be super effective for bringing in business. We know that depending on the, the audience and the channel, some, some paid media obviously can mm -hmm. be very effective too. Um, I have a lot of startups where conferences are still a huge part of driving awareness. Yeah. They can be very costly, so that can be an issue. But sure. again, depending on goals, I think that's the other piece here of what are we trying to do? Are we trying to drive leads? Are we trying to build awareness? Are we trying to do all of those things? Probably. Yeah. Um, so I think if you, if you know or when you know you have a channel that isn't working, that's the time to say, hey, look, we gave this a whirl. It clearly wasn't it. Let's cut our losses and put our attention elsewhere. Yeah. So if you, let's talk about that because of the different channels and we have, of course, goal setting, you know, we have to determine, you know, for what business, you know, each business, the goal is going to be a little different. It could be leads, but it could be something, you know, brand awareness because of the type of business they are. Not everybody, every business can generate, you know, leads necessarily direct. It could be that the goal is, is we know we can get the leads if we can build up the email, at, you know, list, but we need to do that. So we could use social to build the list, you know, to kind of move down, you know, the funnel a little bit, but, you know, let's talk about, you know, like, cause you mentioned cutting your losses, Okay. I mean, I worked with, you know, some people in companies, you know, over the years, what is an appropriate amount of time do you usually recommend people? Because I've seen people that cut it off before they've given it a chance oh, you know, yeah. to be able to work, you know, yeah. and you'll be like, Hey, we're a week in, it's not working. I yeah. haven't gotten anything. I'm like, why did we do all this work? Like you're literally not letting the algorithms get anything, you know, learn. Cause that's, and what people often don't understand, I think with ads, right. You know, social media ads, Google ads, whatever it might be, is there is a learning algorithm behind them, you know, that you do create an audience, but over time it improves. It's like, um, to give an example of, I use LinkedIn sales navigator, you know, for getting guests for the shows and stuff and different things. And, you know, I've got it hooked up. I've got, you know, search, uh, saved searches, but it keeps giving me new people. Why would it give me new people? Like it's literally LinkedIn system. I've done the search. 
You would think it would give me everybody back at the same time out of the entire network. Yet every week I get a few more people, right? I get another hundred or something like that. That is found right. as new leads. These aren't new people to LinkedIn. The system needs time to go find more because there's like 300 million or whatever people in the system. You got to right. let it, you know, you got to let it, uh, do thing. yeah, do its thing. So talk, so what do you usually recommend, you know, and how do you coach owners you know, yeah. to, to be patient? Yep. I, this is, it's a great question. And I have a good example here. So I had a client where they really wanted to run Facebook ads. And to be honest with you, I did not think it was a good fit. Okay. So, the, and this is a common problem, mm -hmm. right? Where yeah. um, a client want, has it in their head that they want to do X, Y, Z. So yeah. I feel like in that case, my job is to counsel them and say, listen, I, we don't have data. So I can't, and I'm not a mind reader. I don't think this will be a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. and, and here's why, right? I don't think your high net worth clients are going to buy XYZ through Facebook, but let's try it. And then to your question of, well, how long will we let it run? Mm -hmm. For me, it's about three, three months is what I think it really okay. takes to see like, if we change budget, if we change wording on the landing page, if we tweak some of the copy, if we tweak some of the imagery in there, but we let it run and nothing's happening, that is about the window that I give it. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's and like yeah, so we, we typically are coaching like, um, you know, especially with anything that's paid ads related, uh, you know, we ask that clients sign a minimum three month agreement for us to be able to run those ads. Because, yeah. and yes, you'll make small tweaks, but you can't, every time you basically shut something off and start brand new, the algorithm starts from scratch again. Yeah. And that's the issue. And so they have yeah. to allow enough time. So we got, as an agency, we got tired of having to deal with people not giving it enough time. So we said, look, unless yeah. you're going to commit to this much time as a minimum for us to be able to do our job, we're not going to bother. Yeah. Yep. You know, because of it. And Okay, so, but now you you brought up another great point, something that we've I've dealt with too. When they are insistent on channels, okay, that you know, and say, I just had this one uh, one where you know running a LinkedIn campaign. I'm like, okay, it's not my idea. I'll do it. I don't think it's going to work because it's you know. And then they literally give it like two weeks. They didn't you know, and I'm like. I was telling you on the front end that th this was probably a bad fit. So how do you kind of like coach the owners, explain to them that why, you know, why this won't work, why this other thing, you know, might be a better fit, but also, yeah. So how do you get through that? Cause it's a delicate situation when you know, it's not going to work. And then later, how do you deal with when it doesn't work? Because it's yeah. kind of, it's an, I told you so moment. I think I see this as, this is going to sound cheesy, but there's no other way for me to describe it. It's a bit of a, like a trust building. The whole exercise is a bit in trust building because if I shoot down their idea right away, I feel like you had this combative, like my mm. partner isn't listening to me. Yes. Right. But I do think it's very important early on to say, listen, like I, I hear your ideas. Let's give them a whirl, but you have to be clear about, I don't think this is a great fit. But let's let's explore it together and see what the outcome is going to be and be clear, get clear with your client that if this doesn't work, that we're going to try X solution. So in this case, right, it was if Facebook ads doesn't work, maybe we could pivot over to Google and see if that works better. Right. OK, if not, 
here's what I'd like to try. So I always try to pepper in my next solution Mm -hmm. into that conversation. So we kind of have this line of here's where we're going to go. Here's the plan we're going to set up. If things don't turn out the way we want, best case scenario, maybe Facebook ads in this case, you know, blow it out of the water and surprise me. Great. Right. Um, Often my instincts are correct. And you know, when I, a channel feels off, it usually is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think, expectation setting from the get-go and kind of getting buy-in with the client and not every client is going to be this way because some of them are just consistent but just having that understanding of hey i yeah we'll give it a whirl let's see what the data tells us and if it doesn't tell us something good we have another plan for where we're going to go next maybe you could try try my thing (laughs) yeah yeah it's and like i said and i ask these questions because you know our audience is, you know, typically, you know, it's business owners. And I'm trying to say, hey, you need, you know, you bring on marketers, please listen to them. You know, yeah. like there's, there is reasoning. And the thing is, is, and I, and I want to ask you about other mistakes they make. So two, you know, the first two though out the gate are, you know, channels that we recommend, we do not recommend, but you want to do it anyway. Yeah. And you want to leave the point of bringing on someone that's done marketing for years is so that you can avoid some of those mistakes. And then, you know, also let's say, you know, being impatient on stuff. Yeah. yeah. So what are some of the other mistakes though, that you see, especially because startups are going to be more, even more prone because they don't have a yes. track record of, of trying things and seeing what works and what didn't work. If they have any, if the founders or owners have any kind of track record, it's probably at some other business wherever they were before they started this venture. So what are some right. of the other things you see? It, the primary thing is inconsistency, no plan, um, and no goals. And actually all three of those things kind of tie nicely together because there's no plan, because there's no goals, mm-hmm. everything is just inconsistent yeah. because we're just throwing stuff at the wall. So, and it makes sense, right? If again, if I'm dealing with a company that doesn't have a marketing team or has a marketing team of one, everybody's wearing a lot of hats. Mm-hmm. So it's marketing becomes one of those things where you get to it when you can get to it. And maybe it's a blog this month. Maybe it's two social posts this month. You know, it's just all yeah. over the place. And frequently, the messaging that I'll see maybe on the website won't match what's on social, won't match what's getting said through email, won't match what the sales team is saying. So there's just overall, it's just a lack of cohesiveness in, in the marketing plan. Yeah, well, it makes sense. So they say, you know, they spend a lot of time on the business plan side um, and depending on, you know, kind of the, the, uh, flavor of the day, people will tell you, Oh, I don't need a business plan. I do need a business plan. You know, I need, you know, bullet points to the business plan. I'm more of a bullet point guy. Um, yeah, but I think a lot of them, they forget that marketing is a core function because, you know, if you are doing no marketing, how are, how's anybody going to, you know, um, know you exist regardless of the type of business, like, um, you know, so you have to do these things. I'm working with, you know, we've been running ads for this one that's an app and it's, uh, the app is focused on like all hunters, you know, people uh, that are in, you know, do, you know, like big game hunting, deer hunting, things like that. And it's like, and they needed a very specific audience and they want to download. So they understood they needed to do the marketing because they, who's going to download, you know, if you don't do this. So they've stuck with it, but it's like, that's the one thing that we know that would work 
and a bunch of the other things would not. So, and they've stuck in, you know, been consistent to it. You know, you have to have like, so the plan was, hey, let's put together an app and then let's say, okay, this channel of marketing can work. And then if this, you know, and we prove it out, okay. You know, you have to be willing to plan out something, pick a, you know, some avenues to market, see if they work, test them. If they don't, you want to be able to pivot, but you should have, like you mentioned, you know, what's the backup plan if that first channel doesn't work? Yeah. Uh, business owners need to remember that they're like, you know, they're going to be really good, hopefully, at their business. You know, they'll know their core product or service inside and out. They'll be the best people to explain it and bring it to others, but you got to have somebody to explain it to. And that's where the marketing, you know, comes into it. Yeah. Okay. You know, um, so let's talk, you know, measuring now. Okay. So hopefully they've got a plan. They've got some goals set, you know, and, and really this goes to the goals, you know, but how to, how do you measure the actual success of different campaigns? What are some of the key things you try to focus on, you know, when you're putting, you know, when you're working with, you know, these startup businesses, because I mean, some of them have, and how do you temper expectations too? Because some of them have some really crazy ideas of what can be accomplished. You know, and I understand, and you work because you mentioned, you know, um, early stage and, you know, funding rounds and such. You have, they have what's in there to convince investors. And often I think that can be unrealistic. Yeah. You know, Cause they're trying, they may be, trying to raise money or preparing to do so yep. yeah in which case they make it always hand yeah <laughs> so you know let's hand you everything we can the most optimistic yeah. look for it so how do you end up combating that a little bit and setting proper expectations for it and then you know measuring them oh there's a lot in there <laughs> i mean and some months some quarters i feel like my goal setting is around content production. Did we produce all the content we said we were going to produce? Am I getting good feedback? It's like sometimes the, the goals feel like that, right? Okay. Almost non-traditional. So, you know, um, and from a more actual analytics perspective, right? Then it's also, if we're thinking about a blog mm -hmm. or we're thinking about social media, I'm definitely looking at impressions. I'm looking at engagement. For me, that's going to be very important. Um, now, if I'm thinking of something like email, it's going to be click, click through. I mean, obviously yeah. open rate is important, but I want to say like, did they do what I intended them to do mm -hmm. once I sent the email out? That's really what I want to yeah. know. And we're looking at that. And then I'm thinking of, of you know, I'm thinking of my current clients now. Uh, we, I have one that is really relying heavily on partner marketing and distributors. Mm for as their, believe it or not, as their primary marketing channels, which is very interesting and a great tactic for companies that don't have a ton of resources. Yeah. Because it allows them to, to lean heavily on companies that have all of those things, resources mm. and yeah. all kind of types. Um, and so my marketing metric for them, again, may be materials to support those distributor partners. Mm. More... Um, marketing partnerships with said distributors. So uh, these are very non-traditional 
yeah. channels and metrics I'm listing, but it's what helps these companies move the needle. Um, I hope that answers what you're, what you're yeah, asking. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's actually a good example because uh, the idea is, especially for anything that's, you know, um, a startup, you know, type company, some of the measurement, the things you're looking at, because you're, you go back to that initial messaging and you said the word foundation. So a lot of what you're doing is you're building out the foundation further, in which case it can't necessarily be measured in sales or number of leads generated or anything. Some of it hopefully gets to the, you know, you want to get to that point, but of course. in the earlier stages, to be able to get to that point, you've got you your measurement is a little bit different because it's how much content, how many partnerships did I develop, you know, and then and how many of them eventually pan out where they're actually revenue producing because you know yep. you've tapped into them, yep. you know, so you get a bit of that going on, and so you have to look at it, you know, kind of that uh, sort of a bigger picture view. We were able to send this many emails. We took our engagement rate up from, you know, this initial yep. percentage to this one. So we've we've seen the growth. Now we're getting more click-through rates because we're getting more yes. opens. And so y you walk them down, you know, each path and say, okay, now that we've got our engagement rate up and we've got our click-throughs up, now we can start working to turn this. So over time, your the metrics you're using to determine success will change. Yeah. But you have these foundational, you know, or you'll, it's not so much change. You'll add to them. You know, yeah. So you're still t looking at those core things. You know, how many impressions do we get? We put out this piece of content. How well did it rank? How much traffic did it actually drive? Were we able to yeah. get some complimentary pieces to go with it? And that's kind of the, you know, the idea then later, what success did it translate into from a lead or dollar standpoint and you can Correct. start putting it back. Yeah. So yeah, that makes, um, I'll like I say a lot of sense. It's like I say, it's a lot yeah. of foundational metrics versus, you know, cause business owners are often think, you know, like I say, I generated this many leads or I got this much in sales. And I get that. And we're still, you know, it doesn't mean that we can ignore those things, but if emails never been set up, or organic social never been set up, or there's no content at all, th that stuff all has to be created. Mm -hmm. And it has to be created, hopefully within some type of parameter, again, so we're not throwing spaghetti at the wall all, all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's important to get to get all of those pieces kind of working in a, in a cohesive unit. Um, yeah. Um, so in the case of the actual, uh, like, Startups often have limited marketing budget. Sounds like you deal with some that are yeah. in that in that kind of way, you know. Okay. So, how do you work to get that maximum traction? Because that can be, you know, when you have limited resources, which most startups do, you know, it is mm -hmm. a bit more challenging. And of course, the owner is going to be looking at the bottom line all the time, thinking of how much this is cost. You know, what because they they have to put something forward to you know to make it work to get it off the ground, um, you know. So. How do you navigate the different budgets, you know, like say kind of budget levels and things, you know, for allocation of resources? I think there's a, a couple things. One, I think you need to have a, like a, a safety net level. So the things, things like blog content, organic content, email content, the website. So the mm. things that you own, I think you have to have a nice safety net there that we know aren't necessarily going to, to cost 
a ton to maintain, at least initially. Mm -hmm. You also need to have your experimental area. So if awareness, if we're really focusing on awareness, maybe conferences, and we're going to put a lot of dollars behind conferences for the year. And we're going to see, again, we're going to measure. Did we get leads? Yeah. Do are people hearing us when we, when we go to conferences in the later half of the year? Are we, are we oh, yeah, I saw you earlier this year. Yes, I already have you, know, that type of thing, yeah. you know? Um, but then I think there also needs to be a sense of, okay, we want to try paid ads, let's say in this example, and to our conversation earlier, how long are we willing to try this before we realize it's not the channel for us? So I think it's almost this kind of tiered approach of safety net, experimental, mm -hmm. and then the, that middle ground of bread and butter channels yeah. that you are willing to also be flexible with. Um, so that's kind of how I would, how I would space the money out, um, to, to kind of spread it out and make to get the most out of it. Yeah. You, so the, and the safety nets, you develop which channels you think are going to work. They may need time. So yes. you're still putting into them every month, but these are the things that we, we know we should based on, it could be track record that, you know, like you might have, or the marketers might have with other businesses that are similar or seeing other people, you know, mm -hmm. similar, you know, businesses in the industry and what they're doing. Cause you know, in marketing often, like I say, if we think it's working, you'll emulate it. Um, and then you get to that next level where, okay, here, we're going to try Cause like conferences can be expensive. We've done a lot of conferences Very. over the years yeah. and depending on where you go, sometimes, you know, you have to put some money into it. You have to try it. Maybe it pans out. You know, we've worked a lot in the insurance space over the years and we've done a number of conferences, like quite a few. But what we do is um, we may, we'll go, because the conferences and insurance are often divided by states. You know, so it's going to be, okay, let's do this conference. Let's see how many people turn out. Let's, you know, see what the, how much reception there is. And then if we see that, okay, this one worked pretty well, we got, you know, because we're judging based on the number of leads, what kind of mm -hmm. conversions we get, you know, from dealing with people. Then we say, okay, this one next year is worth going back because we know that there's a high attendance. We know that they do a good conference because conferences, depending on the industry, can be very well run and very poorly run. <laughs> and yes. You know, so we see that like we in that particular space, um, we pulled back over these last few years to where we only do a few, whereas we used to do a lot. And the reason being is we'd seen that the attendance levels, especially after COVID, they didn't recover. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of people just stopped going. They didn't see the need for it. Yeah. yeah. And so, well, if they're not showing up, then it's not worth us, you know, going. So we would always, you know, pay attention to, you know, you get like the, um, attendee lists and things like, okay, how many are attendees versus how many people are from vendors, you know, yeah. and divide them up. So there are different things you can learn if you, you know, pay attention. Same thing goes with any kind of paid ads. Okay. I can run all of these ads. You know, it is which channels, but it's saying, okay, I'm going to, I've got a budget to experiment, you know, mm -hmm. with this. So we can try to lock down which channel, if any works. And then you go back and say, okay, we're willing to try this over a certain amount of time. And if it doesn't work over this period of time, we're going to have to pivot to something else or just right. pull back on the dollar spent period because it's, you know, a committed m amount of money for that. Uh, you know, something we, we haven't talked about because most, most of the companies that I work with don't have this type of knowledge quite yet. But, you know, if you get to a place where you know what channels have traditionally worked for you and how much it costs to bring in a customer mm -hmm. on these channels, it's a different conversation. 
That's right. Cool. At that point, it really is. I, I, maybe I would love someday to get to that place with, with the customers that I work with, right? Where they know like, well, it costs this much. If I use paid search, this is how much it traditionally costs. I think it is an important thing to keep in the back of our minds here as we speak, right? Conferences is a good one. You know, if there were a thousand people attending and I got 500, 500 leads and yeah. 300 of those convert, is it worth it? So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's important to to think about, you know, not only are we driving awareness, how much do we spend? Are people actually converting? And what at the end of the day, what was that dollar amount really attached to bringing that one particular piece of business in? Um, so, yeah, I think, it, <laughs> like I said, no, that's actually one of the you know that's one of the most important metrics because there's yeah. a huge difference. Um, you know, depending on who you're working with, you know, like we've worked a lot in the um, truck driving space for driver recruitment. And I can tell you, like, depending on the channel, you have, you can have channels that can cost you $50 a lead compared to 10. So where do you put your money? You know, now you may still put them in both because there might be a maximum number of leads that a particular platform might be able to generate. But you want to consider that, especially with things like conferences, because you can say, well, this conference costs us five grand or something, you know, to attend or 10 grand, whatever it might be, you know, kind of, it depends on the size of the conference, the show setup you're going to do and everything. Yeah, you know, you've got some that might run you two grand, but you have some that'll run you twenty. Yeah. Right. So depending right. on that, and then you say, okay, what's my return? And then you say, okay, well, it cost me this much per lead. And that is like one of the most important things you can pay attention to. You know, and that goes with, you know, if you had an app company or something and you need people to download. Right. Well, which channel is the cheapest to get the downloads? You know. Yep. So there's all sorts of things, but yeah, measuring the ROI. Yeah. How much did I generate from a leads and sales standpoint for the people that we got doing this? You know, this, you know, these conferences, like I say, sometimes conferences could be a matter of which ones in the case of, you know, anything paid online could be a matter of which platforms it could cost more to do Facebook advertising and Google's cheaper or vice versa. You know, so it's really important to, you know, be looking at that too. Yeah. Um, do you have any, uh, you know, last particular like, you know, nuggets um, of advice to give to, you know, the startup business owners, uh, you know, if they're going to be doing, you know, they're thinking, hey, I want to, I got to do marketing. We know this. Yeah. And, but they're just getting going. I, I think actually the place I would turn to is make sure you're aligned on the business goals first. Overall, not marketing goals, the actual business goals. Where are we heading as a business? Because the marketing plan, the marketing goals feed into that. Marketing, especially when there's so many unknowns, having some type of North Star, hey, where does marketing really need to head and and kind of point their direction? It's really important. Mm -hmm. And it will help, I think, all of these other things in alignment, especially when, hey, we're not, if we're still not sure of our exact audience or we're not exactly sure if we have product market fit. Do I at least know where we're trying to head? <laughs> yeah. It really, so I'd say, you know, if you have an early stage company, really think about, you know, are we clear on our business goals so that I can help point marketing in the right direction with where they need to go? That yeah. would be my ask. Okay, great. Well, this has been fun. And how would people get a hold of you? They want, you know, because like I say you're you're the type of person, fractional CMO often, where they'll bring you in, help with their marketing, get things arranged. That's the the value of a fractional CMO is to get right. your marketing in the right direction. How would they get a hold of you? 
They can find me at finmarketingm.com or on LinkedIn as well. I'm very active there and would love to chat with you. Okay. My name is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Master, CEO of Titan Digital. We've been talking about how do you handle marketing if you're a startup business. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.